Absolutely delighted to welcome to this week's TRM podcast, Hannah Howe and Amy Williams from Austin Fraser. We're going to be talking all things talent, strategies and tactics to become an employer of choice. I think this business is phenomenally progressive and, and what Hannah and Amy share about becoming an employer of choice, about nurturing the culture, about making the organization and the environment a place that is exciting and relevant for absolutely everybody, irrespective of where you come from, from some of the tactics and strategies to being able to attract talent into your business. There's something for everybody on this. Anybody who's employing people uh, will learn uh, one or two things or will be able to reflect on one or two things from what Anna, Anna and Amy share with us. Absolutely loved it. Enjoy. A fantastic welcome to the TRM podcast to uh, Hannah Howe and Amy Williams from Austin Fraser. Thank you for joining us uh, on the TRM podcast. Thank you for having us. So I wanted to reach out to you guys because uh, I love some of the stuff that Austin Fraser are, are, are doing in terms of being a, uh, a progressive employer. And um, and I love your mantra, earn it, own it, love it. Where did that come from, by the way? What, 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 where's that come the from? Business. That? Sorry? came from the business. Yeah? Um, yeah, so when I joined the business back in 2013, we had a, um, we had a set of five values. Um, that no one could really remember they were just on a wall somewhere in a bright color and um, we later recruited who is now our chief operations and inclusion officer um, Alice Scott Mm. Um, and we went through a process as a business of determining actually what matters what matters to us and it definitely you know whilst some of the words on the wall were things that did resonate um, it definitely didn't connect to to what we were about so um, yeah Alice did a really great job of um, of, of talking to the business, interviewing various people, and that's what came out as a result, and it's been the case ever since. So probably the last sort of 10 years, I, I would yeah. imagine. Um, and they've been kind of like reviewed and amended as we've um, as we've reviewed and amended what matters to us as a business. But, yeah, that's where it came from. Brilliant. No, I love it. It's just really catchy, and actually it's a really repeatable mantra that you can, uh, I guess, use in mm. lots of situations. Um, so for those, just for those people listening that um, aren't as familiar as they could and should be with um, Austin Fraser, just a very brief 60-second uh, overview of the, of the business. So we are um, an international recruitment business uh, focusing on technology and med tech space. Um, operating across the UK, America and Germany, currently employing 220 people um, across those three locations and with very significant growth plans to double in size over the next 24 months. Brilliant. Really, really exciting. And um, um, Hannah, you're uh, HR Director and Amy, you're you're Head of Performance Development and and a coach in the business. So this is very much going to be people focused. Uh, one of my fa- favorite topics and, and it's just interesting hearing your growth plan so we've got this crazy world we've got a, some awful things happens obviously but in, in the world at the moment but the um there's the there's the talent shortage you've got this massive scaling ambitions um which means that you're going to have to uh stand out in the marketplace and i know some of the, the stuff that you've been doing but what are you what are you sort of thinking strategically you need to be doing or anybody needs to be doing as an employer of choice um, to stand out, to attract the talent and retain the talent that uh, you're going to need to scale like that? So I think there are some kind of key strands to this question. Um, and for me, if I look at where we've come over the last and really how we how we handled the pandemic, 
it provided us with a, a catalyst for change that was already in the pipeline. Mm. So we moved from being a relatively um, office-based business, as, as everybody did, to a completely flexible business. But I think where we're different is we've taken that and then we've made it who we are. So rather than then saying we now have any expectation of people being back in any offices for a certain amount of time, we've gone completely the other way and given people choice. Mm. And I think in terms of standing out from the crowd, it's that choice piece it's not about saying we're 100% remote it's not about saying we expect you to be in the office it's about saying you're all grown-ups you all have lives outside of work and we want to find a way to make work work for you and so we did that with um, Flex Appeal which we launched uh, about 18 months ago now and then we very quickly thought about well actually if we're going to be this flexible within work what do we need to do to also make sure that we're offering that flexibility outside of work so we followed up with flex away which is our unlimited um, holiday policy so actually people can take as much time away as they need to um, provided that they're they're doing the job that we ask them to do and so I think what we've managed to create is a is a culture of complete trust transparency, openness, our leaders lead by example, they take time away, they expect their people to do the same, and there's no upper limit on how much time you can take away over the course of a year. So when we go out to market and we talk to candidates about that, quite often it's, well, is it really, is that really true? Like, is is there a catch? Because that sounds a little bit too good to be true. I think the reality is that the world has changed. We've needed to change to stay relevant and to be an employer of choice. And so when we go out to market, I mean, we do so in lots of different ways, which we can talk about uh, perhaps a bit later. But I think in terms of that authenticity, that being able to kind of showcase the fact that these benefits do sound amazing, but they actually really are. Um, And, you know, we try and really uh, start with that and let people in the market and the candidates out there know what's in it for them, as opposed to, I think, quite often when you see messages of, oh, look, we're great. It's about, you know, all here are all the things that we would get from you coming to join us, as opposed to it being bespoke and targeted to say, look, if you, if for you, this is what you're going to get out of working for a business like Austin Fraser. So um, I think it's about keeping that at the heart of what we do and being led by those values that Amy talked about. And also our vision, mission, values and purpose around um, building incredible futures. That's that's what we want to do, both internally and externally. So anyone that joins us gets to go on that journey with us. And I think that's really exciting. So, so, so part of where you know, if we're extracting the lessons from what you've gone through, is is a this 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 thing about it's about you, so personalization. I can't, I can't implement a company wide policy that's right for everybody. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure you can tailor it for you. And then, the, but the other massive thing you talked about was was this cu- culture of trust. Yeah. Um, so how how is that sort of? Um, I guess there's a lot of learning for everybody when you implement something like that because that was a big change from probably where you were pre-COVID and obviously COVID was an exceptional circumstance but in, in terms of making sure that culture of trust that does and, and the impact on performance is is um, is a negative um, how, how do you navigate through that one? Do you want to play that Amy or shall I? Amy. 
Yeah, could you take that one? I think you probably, um, and, and I can add on to it from an L&D oh, perspective. Yeah. So, you know, of course, it's a challenge to take people um, from one sort of mindset and have a have a complete shift, really, in terms of how we interact. And I think historically, it's fair to say that some of our approaches were maybe what you would class as, as a bit more old school. There was an expectation that people would be in the office from a certain hour to a certain hour. And um, if they couldn't be seen, there was a, an element of, are they actually doing the job? Okay. So when we first decided that this was the way we wanted to go we had a big piece of work to do actually with our leaders to talk about and to get them comfortable with leading and managing in a different way and actually um, viewing performance in a different way so we did a big piece of consultation across all three countries and obviously also bear in mind there are different legalities actually in each country as well that we had to navigate um, so we went through a process of, of doing a really open um, consultation period where all of our leaders got an opportunity to raise concerns, talk through scenarios, how would we deal with this if this happened? And then actually we didn't launch until everybody was on board and comfortable. So that was the first way of kind of, I guess, navigating it. And then actually since it's been live and out in the world and we've been working more in that way, I think obviously it helped hugely that the whole world changed and that the expectation of how we work changed. So people kind of had to get on board with it. I think obviously in the fact that we haven't gone back, um, I would definitely say the vast majority of our people are, are completely embracing the new way of working. Of course, there have been pockets of situations where conversations may come up like, oh, well, this person's not performing, so can I take away the the flexibility can I can I insist that they come into the office because then you know I, I can re- sort of revert back to what I'm comfortable with in terms of how I manage performance and then that's just a conversation to say well, well actually what what is it in that that you think will be different if you're face to face with that person in the office that you can't do virtually over a call or on a walk and talk or whatever it might be I think it's just about being prepared to help coach in a different way um, and to actually take away this this need to be physically present now of course there are situations where we all want to be together and that's great but that's still a choice and it's not something that we're ever going to remove because somebody's performance isn't where it needs to be so I think um, it's definitely been a transitional period there are still times where we don't get it quite right of course there are but I think um, everybody is open-minded and we're very good now at setting a sort of quite clear expectations up front. And I think that's critical in anything like this. So, you know, for a, for a new manager, a new employee relationship, it's about actually determining what works for that individual. How do you want to work? Do you want to be in the office? Do you want to be more remote? How's that going to work for you? And then making sure that we are, as leaders, flexing our style to accommodate the choices that that person makes. And that seems to have, have resonated, to have worked. I mean, I, I have a lot of conversations with our leaders. Um, I'm sure Amy does as well when maybe yeah. there are, they, they come and sense check and like, this is what it feels like. Is this the right approach? Is this the right thing to do to not remove that choice? Um, and I think as long as they're open-minded and asking the right questions, then there's not, there hasn't been a situation that we've not been able to navigate positively yeah. at this point. Okay. And that's really, that's really enabled us to say that, what we say we're about is a reality. And I think that um, for me, an employer of choice, regardless of how flexible they are, it's what they say they are, they actually are. And um, I speak to a lot of people within the recruitment industry on a regular basis, and that's not necessarily the reality everywhere. And we, you know, we're absolutely not gonna um, 
jump on here today and say this is what everybody should do. Um, it was right for us and it still is right for us. Um, and we can't see that changing. But it's just about making sure that you what you say you are and the behavior really, really joins up. And when um, we went through that process of seeking to understand people's concerns um, about us making this shift, we then also took some of those and in combination of, you know, the L&D team and our um, chief revenue officer, our CEO, our chief people officer and, and Hannah um, put together a series of workshops and sessions to help people feel more knowledgeable and more equipped about some of the day-to-day -day challenges that they may face as a result of this change. And I think it's, it's pretty obvious that if you change how people work quite dramatically, it's going to require a different set of skills um, from, from leadership. And we were really, really aware of that. And um, again, like we, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not perfect. We're not, um, we do have challenges and I still, you know, I have coaching sessions with leaders within our business today where um, there's a, you know, perhaps a sense of, oh, you know, I really think that maybe this isn't working because we're not together. Um, and so I want to bring my people in more. And I'm like, we well, can't do that because one of them's moved quite far away. So they're going to be really annoyed um, if, if you try and do that now. So what is it that you're trying to achieve as a result of getting people into the office? Um, and let's work out how we achieve that. And if the answer is let's get people together, great. But actually, are there different ways that we can achieve that result? Um, and those are, you know, they're not necessarily one-off formal learning events. They are really regular coaching conversations that mm -hmm. Hannah and myself and our leaders will have with people across the business that are navigating this change that um, is a reality for us now. And people are, are loving it. So can, can I, you touched on one thing there around the leadership. Can I ask what, what, um, what specific, how the leadership, whatever level, a team leader right up to the top, how the leader, leadership team uh, has had to evolve the different skill sets that they've had to really hone in on and, 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 and uh, yeah. how they're doing things a little bit differently? Yeah, um, I think it's probably wise to state that leadership is leadership and management is management and that doesn't really change I think my experience as a leader in this setup and my experience of working with leaders in this setup is that yes there are differences and I'll get onto those but really it's about being being really really good mm. at the fundamentals of leadership as opposed to changing what the fundamentals of leadership are so when you're setting expectations when you're following up on those expectations when you are empathizing which are all you know traditional leadership skills that everybody needs regardless of what industry and what setup you've just got to be even better at it so how you set expectations needs to be clearer um, how you get buy into those expectations needs to be better. Um, so it's just it's just being a it's just mastering it um, okay. as opposed yeah. to, um, yeah, to, yeah, as opposed yeah. to demonstrating it would be the language that we use. I think um, some of the the kind of the behavioural um, the behaviours and the habits that leaders I think need to adopt in in kind of working in this environment and getting results in this environment is really the ability to determine, articulate, bring people on board with a vision um, and an objective because 
flexibility is absolutely about where people um, do their work, what time they do their work, but it's also how they do their work. And so if you're really good at setting a clear vision, a clear objective that people buy into, but you're flexible about how and when they do it and what approach they use to do it, that's what we also see as, as flexibility as well. It's not just this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to do it. And I think in the recruitment industry, um, that's quite common, you know, like I'm sure that it's the it's the case in a lot of other um, businesses where you'll see managers and um, consultants, we see managers listening into consultants on the phone and they'll be mouthing. This is what you have to say and this is when you should say it. Um, and uh, there's a time and a place for that. Right. I think it's absolutely helpful. But let's let's get let's get our people to be creative and come up with um, weird and wonderful ways of of enabling incredible futures for candidates and clients. So yeah, I think for me, it's about setting the goal and um, setting the direction, but then letting people go for it. And that requires that requires a, a really great coach and somebody that can set their ego aside um, and be open to the fact that there's a, another way of doing things. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Absolutely fascinating. Just one thing for because I, I, I want to understand the um, again your ambition to scale and 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 what gives you the confidence you're going to attract the talent to the business. The um, the learning culture. I, I did a talk at a conference pre-COVID, and I came up with the three things that uh, any successful group and business has got to absolutely nail. And I can't can never remember the third one because it was a long long time ago. But one of them was about building learning culture at every level. So how how, how have you created that? How have you um, how have you built the learning culture you you've clearly got? So um, we're really we're really fortunate actually as an L and D team and as a business in that Pete, our CEO, is so invested in in learning. And so if you could, you know, if that's kind of like ticked, then it's it's quite easy, right? A lot of people will get on board with it. And so he's, you know, he sings that from the rooftops. He invests heavily in in L and D and prioritizes it and advocates it, um, which is great. Um, last year um, we did a piece of work around leadership development off the back of the changes to how we operate and, and flex appeal. Um, and like many organizations, and actually, I think in many industries outside of recruitment as well, there absolutely is a perception that um, learning is training and learning is, you know, you're, you're in four walls. There's somebody at the front telling you what you need to do. And, and that's how we all grew up. Right. That's how education um, is. And that's what that's what the schooling system taught us. Um, and it was a case of we need more leadership development to help us with this navigation. And um there was a, a journey that we needed to go on and a bit of a mindset shift across um, the business of actually, you know, learning starts from a from a day to day basis. You learn like you breathe. Right. We breathe all the time. Sometimes we're more conscious of our breathing and sometimes we're not. And sometimes with learning, we're more conscious that we're learning and sometimes that we're not. So actually, it starts with you as the leader. Mm. Um, and we created a framework that meant that everybody in the business knew at any given point what their top three development areas were, um, what that contributed towards as, a, as an overriding goal for that individual and a framework that meant that that was um, tracked and progress was monitored and people felt that they were moving forward mm. in the absence of an L&D team. That was what was really, really important to us um, because a learning culture can't exist solely in the L&D department. It has to exist everywhere. Yeah, I agree, um, yeah. So that's that was the first thing that we did. And then off the back of that, created 
um, social learning, formal learning, in the flow of work learning opportunities for people to tap into that would support their overall plan that they have with their leader, who ultimately is going to have the biggest influence mm. over whether they're learning or not and, and their progression. Yeah, yeah I love it. Fascinating. Um, Anna, Anna, when you were um, when you started uh, shaping your plans for growth and you sat around the top table saying, hearing the kind of numbers and growth plans for the business and therefore the number of heads that you're going to have to attract, um, where, what, you, you've, you've had to sort of continue to shape and evolve the talent attraction strategy. From an employer brand point of view and your ability to really attract and stand out, what do you think are the things that are going to enable you to enjoy that growth that you've mapped out? So I think um, the, the, that we've really focused in on how we make sure that we're telling our story in an authentic way. And I think that starts with our people. Um, so there's a piece of work that we're doing at the moment to ensure and upskill and make sure that our leaders are involved in that process. And it isn't just a case of, okay, we've got a hugely talented talent acquisition team, but when you're looking at growth that's as significant as we are, it's not solely their responsibility. This is a company-wide objective. And if we want to successfully hit, you know, a doubling of headcount in the next 24 months, then everybody has a part to play in that. Mm. So doing a piece of work at the moment to engage with our sales leaders and to get our sales leaders to understand the part that they play in that process. So that comes about via <clears throat> a, a framework, so a, a talent and sales collaboration framework, which says, here's what we're going to do as a talent team, and here's what we need you to do as a sales team to help us work together to meet this company goal. So as a central leadership team, which Amy and I are both part of, we're in the process at the moment of changing the way that we set company objectives. So we're moving towards an OKR model. Um, and part of that is going to be a mind sh mindset shift for our business to say, OK, historically, we've probably worked, we have worked in quite si like siloed functions. And now, actually, we've got this very clear goal and growth um, and headcount growth is one of those. And so getting everybody to play a part with key results right the way through our organisation that will impact that objective so that's happening right now we're sort of reframing how that works and who what part everybody has to play I think at a more sort of granular level there's a piece here around um, everybody being mindful of their own personal brand and, and my talent team for example who are you know growing we're recruiting into our talent function as well in every country so we've got a really great bunch of very talented people who are now starting to tell our story and they're going out to market in a very authentic way so whether that's through social media whether that's going out to careers fairs whether that's finding different avenues to talk to different community groups mm. um, and making sure that we're not just um approaching the same old people that would have always worked in recruitment. And actually, I think what's been really refreshing over the last two years is I've seen a real shift in the fact that we hire based on potential. We're not, we don't use CVs internally. So we, our hiring managers never see a CV. And the reason for that is to remove bias. We don't want to be recruiting somebody that, you know, is exactly the same because we're exactly the same background as the person that they sit next to. We want people with diverse thought from diverse backgrounds who are going to come into our business and bring something different. So we don't use things like the, the term culture fit isn't something that I believe in. I think it's all to do with culture ad. You know, you want to bring somebody, find people that bring something different. 
And so by doing that, I think we're starting to talk to audiences that maybe wouldn't have previously thought about a career in recruitment. And when we do that, like we're, we're at the beginning of this journey, but when we're at a point of, of, of really starting to own that, I feel like we will naturally start to win the war on talent because we're going to be talking to people that our competitors won't be reaching. Right. So we've, we've just, to help us with that, we've just launched um, Austin International, which is our career talent brand. So we now have a home for all things talent. Um, and Austin International has a brand new website where we talk about a lot of this stuff and a lot of the different initiatives that we're we're using and looking at and encouraging people who maybe have thought, well, I wouldn't be considered for X, Y, and Z reason. Let's just remove those barriers. Come talk to us because actually you know if you're good with people and you've got natural empathy and this is a career that you can be fantastic at without necessarily having a set number of skills that people might look for on paper Um, so we're trying to do things a little bit differently Uh, another way of doing that so we we work with flexa um and we've uh, been awarded uh you know with the most flexible recruitment company um and actually also scored incredibly highly as as an overall outside of our sector so you know we're living this we're doing things differently and by working with flexa you know they have a fantastic reach out into different um groups different demographics and people that want to work differently Uh, so again i think it's just about you know trusting in the fact that what we say is genuine and authentic and then finding a way to talk about that out in the market Mm. um one of my talent team did um a really like i was so impressed with this approach because you know you you are it's a it's a tricky balance going out and headhunting people and getting the response that you want it's really that it can be really hard to find different ways to stand out and obviously we do all the usual stuff the videos the voice notes and all of that but lavinia who is um one of my talent partners in Germany, she actually put together um, a Spotify playlist, which was all to do with, so all the all the songs that she used were Give Us a Chance and uh, We've Got uh, Opportunity, you know, all things that were very specific to um, that individual. And she set it up as a playlist on Spotify and she shared her playlist. And the response that she got was phenomenal. People were just so interested in her approach and they wanted to talk to her. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's things like that. It's how do we, uh, just think outside the box and, and be tailored and be bespoke and not just regurgitate the same generic message um and that seems to hit the mark but don't get me wrong you know the the growth that we have uh, earmarked is huge and it and it's a massive challenge and i think um you know i sit here incredibly proud of the team that we've built um and the business that we work in and i know that when we when we get people that want to talk to us nine times out of ten those people are people that then want to work for us right. but it's that initial interaction it's that getting people in a very very busy um candidate short market to want to have that initial engagement so i think we're doing a good job of it but there's still a lot more that we can do to help us to stand out even further yeah no it, it just sounds a really exciting journey and, and again i know how customer focused you are as well as being focused on the employee and, and, yeah. and if you get you can't you can't do the first bit unless you get the second bit right yeah. um, and i also loved love some of the, you both talked a little bit about how you're unleashing the the sort of creativity and, and potential of individuals just by um you know working with them uh loving that um just on you touched on um uh, inclusive uh, uh diversity and inclusion can i just understand where you are on that journey um uh where you think you've um gained traction and um 
had success. Uh, and what else? What else needs to happen? Sure. So this is a, a really big topic for us. Um, you know, I think in terms of where we want to get to, we want to be able to genuinely say that we are a business where everybody feels welcome. Um, I think at the moment we have made really good strides in that space. I think if we look at from a demographic perspective, um, you know, our, our gender split were actually slightly slightly more female than we are male, 52, 48%. Uh, percent. Um, but there's still a long way to go in terms of individual demographics and, and working on that. But I think for me, that part comes second. You've got to get the inclusion bit right first because it's all well and good going out and, and um, proactively seeking diverse candidates. But if they arrive and don't feel welcome, then they're not going to stay. So we've been on a bit of a journey. We started this journey um, towards the back end of last year. So we did an inclusion survey, which was um, far reaching. We, we spoke to everybody in our business to find out how people actually feel. That was fascinating. And off the back of that, we decided that we would launch diversity and inclusion charter groups in each country. So um, we, we'd sort of gone out to the business. And what was really interesting is, is from the very beginning of this, I was clear that this was never going to be an HR initiative and, and any kind of tell. We needed the business to lead this and to tell us and for us to be prepared to be vulnerable and not, not necessarily have the answers and to be, to be guided in that. So um, decided the best way to do that was to actually advertise internally for people to chair the charter groups. Um, and actually, initially, I was a little bit cynical about that. I was like, I'm just not sure people are going to want to do it or have the time to do it as an additional responsibility on top of their busy jobs. And, I, and it was phenomenal. You know, we got so many people reaching out wanting to be involved. And we now have chairs in each country, actually two in the UK. And we have charter groups ranging from 15 to 25 people in each country. And they meet monthly um, and they are working through um, you know, they're hearing from the business and they're working through, at the moment, relatively small scale things just to make quick impact. So to give you an example, we've gone out to look at all of the different religious holidays. Are we, um, are we, are we recognising the right things? Are we missing things? Talk to us, tell us what you want us to be recognising so that we can put something in place to make sure that everybody feels considered and included in that. Equally, in Germany, we still had male and female contracts, which isn't unusual in Germany. That's actually how German um, employment law is set up. So every time we employed um, a male or a female, they got a different contract because it's really, and it was mind blowing to me. So one of the things we've done is we've, we've gone through a, a process of merging that. So there's now one contract that isn't um, sort of specific to a gender, which again, I yeah. think is really important. And so relatively small things at the moment. The next stage in this, is to actually um, finish, we've started, but finish defining our diversity and inclusion strategy. So that's something I'm working with the CLT on at the moment. Uh -huh. um, and then once we've got that, actually defining some really clear objectives around how do we get to a point where everybody hand on heart feels like they belong. And then what's to, to work back from there, what steps do we need to take to get to a point where we can go out to the business and that is the overriding sentiment. At which point, and over the course of the next 12 months, say, there are lots of things that we're doing to diversify our population, but very mindfully, because as I say, uh, we need to feel confident that that inclusive culture is there so that anybody that joins us wants to be with us and, and grow with us and stay and build their own incredible future. 
So I think, um, you know, we've definitely made a really positive start. And I would say we've come a long way in the last 12 months, but we've still got a journey ahead of us to, to get to that point. And we're all on a journey. What difference will it make to the business when you get to a place where you are confidently leaders in diversity and inclusion as employers? Oh, I mean, I think it, it will make such a significant difference because I think just as simple as having true diversity of thought and being able to really um, embrace difference around at, all the way from the exact group, CLT group, right the way through, and to be able to truly hand on heart say, we are seeing this situation from lots of different perspectives. We're also giving back to the communities that we serve and we're offering opportunity to people that you know perhaps haven't had the same privileges in life that some of us already have and I think just being able to do that will stand us apart and make us a challenger brand in a different way mm. and I think it kind of does that piece around fully rounding us off you know I think there's some really brilliant stuff here already but right now we're not we're not rounded we don't have the full um perspective of uh you know a, a truly as i say diverse way of approaching different situations and i think we mm. will really benefit from that and as we grow up and we get bigger the more diversity we can bring in the more successful we're going to be and equally for our clients as they're coming to us kind of asking for you know they want to see diverse shortlists they want to make sure and, and we need to be leading by example there and saying cool, we can absolutely do that uh, and we're doing it for ourselves as well yeah. I think um just to add to that as well the impact is going to be profound um regardless of the impact though as a business and this is felt you know at a very senior level regardless of the impact is just the right thing to do um, it's not an option. It's, it's, it's just something that we have to do and that we feel really passionately about. Final quick questions. Um, the, the one thing that you are utterly love and uh, are proud of when it comes to working at Austin Fraser, just one quick question, one quick answer. Opportunity. Love it. Anna? Choice and trust. Love it. Um, and one, um, any, any business um, that particularly inspires you, because obviously, you know, you're, le you're leading the way, an external, a business outside recruitment, maybe that you think, look at and say, yes, that's yeah. a great benchmark. For me, I it's go, oh, you go, you go. I'm working with a, um, a learning partner at the moment called Thrive Learning, who provide um, businesses in all sectors with um, modern uh, learning experience platforms. And yeah, I just, I just, I've absolutely loved working with them. The consistency of just the passion throughout that business and people really believing in what they're doing just felt it and loved it love it Hannah I've gone quite different I've gone for Nike um, and the reason for that is what they're doing in diversity and inclusion I think um, you know their tagline is equal playing fields for all mm -hmm. and I think the amount that they've invested into doing that for themselves but also into the communities and that uh, bringing athletes from so many different backgrounds and giving them the yeah, opportunity to have a completely level playing field is inspiring. And I, I've watched them closely and I really enjoy seeing kind of what comes next from them so that it would be them for me. Fantastic. And I'm going to offer you one digital talent only because I just did a podcast with these two guys. Totally <laughs> up to date and relevant for anybody employing people. Um, and and uh, final question, one, um, um, one book that we should all be reading, people related, hopefully. I would say The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey for anyone that's looking to adopt a more flexible approach and a more choice-driven approach to their leadership. 
Um, and I would say from a learning perspective, um, or actually just if you're someone that wants to look at how to get the most out of yourself or your people, uh, how people learn by Nick Shackleton Jones. Okay, brilliant. Um, very good. I would go for the one that we've just been reading actually as part of our CLT, which is called Measure What Matters, uh, which is all to do with um, OKRs. So putting yeah. in better objective setting and setting key results around it. So all to do with business performance. So that's been a, a bit of a mind shift for me. And I've actually just ordered, albeit not read it yet, but I've heard amazing things is Make Your Bed. Um, which is all to do with, I don't know if you've heard about this book, but it's winning lots of prizes and it's all to do with um, a guy who is a, a Navy SEAL and he sets 10 like sort of life or things that he learned in the Navy that got him through. And they're sort of life uh, affirming things that he went to um, a, a graduation ceremony and presented this to the graduates in Austin, actually in Texas. Um, and it was, people loved it. And one of them was every day, make your bed and it gives you the right mindset to have a really successful day. And I think there's something really great in that. So I shall read that. That's on my, on my reading list. I do. Uh, yeah, I do. I do remember doing a, a, a workshop once with guys and saying, what's one personal habit that you really want to share? And, and everyone was coming with, with sort of uh, take a break and eat your lunch and drink lots of water. And this guy said, make your bed. Um, which I, think <laughs> yeah. he did I love it. Listen, I could, I could honestly carry on this conversation for a, uh, a long, long time, but um, I appreciate you got a lot of people to hire and uh, a, a lot on the agenda. So massive, massive thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it and very, very best of luck for the rest of 2022. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.